This week on Podcast 17, we catch up with some releases, talk about the Left 4 Dead SDK, interview Matthew from Modular Combat, and speak with some listeners over the phone. So stay tuned to Podcast 17. You know what? There's, something, there's something weird about this release too because Windows did this too with Vista, but they didn't do such a good job with the release because they're actually going on the PR campaign and making sure that everyone is actually trying it out. Yeah, you know what? My number one thing that I like about Vista is that the background, you can have the background change every 10 minutes. Or not Vista, um, Windows 7. 7. Yeah, with the Dreamscape thing. Yeah, so cool. Man, I have it on an architecture theme right now, and it makes really cool sounds. Really? Yep. The, they've, they've done a few uh, Dreamscape releases, and now they've got um, a lot more theme changes as well. And the actual theme changes make much more of a difference. Because Windows XP was... All you could do is really change the color in, in some of the images, whereas you can actually change the transparency and, and the way um, the theme behaves, which is really cool. You know, I love Windows 7. Also, I formatted yesterday, and it just installed all my drivers. The only thing it didn't install was my audio drivers, but that's because I'm on a MacBook Pro. Everything else worked perfectly. It was great. So when are you going to get a real computer? No, I love my Mac. What do you like about a Mac? I, what do I like? I don't know. I, I don't... Okay. If I had the chance, I wouldn't buy a Mac again. But because I got it for twenty five percent off, I bought a Mac. Put it that way. You know, a Mac a Mac is just like your facial hair. It <laughs> you you have it just because it looks good and it serves no real purpose. <laughs> no, it's because I got the developer discount and like I said, I would never buy a Mac again, but it's really reliable hardware. I've never had a problem with it. Whatever you say. Let's get this started. Yeah. Welcome to Podcast Seventeen, Episode One, Three, Seven, Four, Five, May Fifteenth, Two Thousand Nine. God, it feels like we're already three hours into this episode for me, because really, because all the uh, live listeners they thought it was at ten o'clock, but really we recorded on Saturday at noon. We switched it up, so mm-hmm. we started like a two-hour pre-show on Mogulus, and all the listeners were there. It was crazy. Darn. But now we got more listeners. We have uh, 14. <gasps> that's one more than last week. That's. Uh, I know. We're getting a lot more. So I just want to stress again. I just want to stress again. I just, I just, I just want to I I postulate to you, William, mm-hmm. uh, a correlation that some might not have noticed. We have 14 listeners this week. Thomas is not here. We had 13 last week. Thomas oh, wasn't there. We true. had seven the week before that. Thomas was there. What do you think? Oh, weird. See? Yeah. No. I think we need a Cam can- Thomas. <laughs> That's not going to happen. I love <laughs> Thomas. He's so nice. I feel so bad because he's not here this week. As you guys probably already know, it's just me and Emmanuel. Um, last week he wasn't here because he was sick. I kind of screwed up the schedule this week because I'm going to be gone tomorrow. I mean, it's just big, big mess. Sorry, Thomas. We love you. I, I can't wait till next week when you come back. Whatever you say. And let's move on to Podcast 17 News. I just want to stress again that every week we record live in Mogulus. We have a lot of fun, and then we do an after-show gaming session, um, which I'll get to a little bit after this, or after our little this little spiel. But uh, we record every Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Today's a little bit different, but uh, next week we will be recording on Sunday, so tune in for that. And... Uh, Awesome. Mogulus is just so fun. Everybody's in there. Shoutouts to Defat Cat, Still Isis, Flamedar, Penis, as always, Patrick, Surfa, SVBG, Twerty, Tyrar, and uh, Two Unknowns. So, welcome, guys. And uh, 
Also in Podcast 17 News, we hired somebody new. Does anybody know who we hired new? Oh, pick me, pick me. Who? Who did we? Stratofarius. That's right. We hired Stratofarius. He is now our community manager here at Podcast 17. That just goes to show you, people, if you're dedicated enough to Podcast 17, you will get hired. And Stratofarius will be working on things like um, organizing the after-show gaming session. Um, This week, we're going to be playing Varian. Um, also, he's going to be doing a lot of forum stuff, keeping you guys entertained in the Mogulus channel, and uh, he's going to be doing some tournaments and some contests. He has a whole slew of things up his sleeve that he wants to get done, um, and we're just giving him that freedom to do it, because he has so much dedication and so much hard work put towards Podcast 17. Honestly, if you guys go to our forum, he is posted in everything, like every day, and as soon as I email him, he emails me back within seconds. It's crazy. He does more work than I do. Yeah, so anyway. obviously, Mr. You know, having no interview and not having a third again this week. Really. <laughs> really. Yeah. Yeah, Stratofarius has to be the most Brazilian of our listeners. I can say that much. <laughs> I think he's also one of the youngest, to be honest. He is, and that's why we're not going to let him near not Mike, but we will let him type <laughs> as much as he wants. That's true. That's true. And you know what? For for being as young as he is, he does have a really good sense of um, the English language and for being you know from Brazil oh, as well. Definitely. I'm nine years older than him, and I'm learning French, but I still can't speak French a quarter well, as well as he can speak English and probably as well as he can Spanish. Plus, when I was 13, I was playing Counter-Strike and calling faggots noobs. So, And he seems to be a lot more sentient than that, so congratulations to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Anyway, keep an eye out on that. He's not here this week. He told me that he's not going to be here. He's currently moving somewhere. So um, he's going to be here next week, and he's going to be working on a lot of things. Um, also, tune into the site maybe on Wednesday. Um, he might be doing like some developer thing, uh, but we'll keep you up to date on that. Don't want to, don't want to put out too much, of that, uh, too much information on that yet, but uh, just keep your eye open to the site. Check the site often because we do things other than just you know, post podcasts. So let's move on to follow up in Arata because you and I got a chance to play Varian 1.0. Uh, last week. Varian. Well, okay, here's the deal. Varian's a deathmatch mod, and it's a deathmatch mod with custom weapons, custom okay. maps, okay. Um, low on. gravity, has low mm-hmm. gravity, yep. and uh, some play styles, some gameplay styles. Yeah. Right? The problem with Varian is. It's bad? Well, not, not really. It, it's okay. <laughs> It's not bad. I mean, the models are a little bit bad to look at, um, but I think that's just because they need a better modeler. But um, there's nothing really special about the mod that sets it apart from anything else. Which, but I think we will have a lot of fun playing it in the playstation right. this week. And and to be perfectly honest with you, I don't. I this is one of those things I wanted to like. They they completely changed everything. They, it's it's a complete. It's a total conversion. They it actually is. It, it actually is. So that it has that going for it. It's just. It doesn't do anything exceedingly well enough to warrant a, a download and play of the mod. But I will say this: it is. It's not. It's not really bad. It just needs time. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had a good. We had. We, we had a good play with it, but it's just. Yeah, there's... We, we also got to try out. Um, we also got to try out all the different maps, which was nice because we were mentioning things about consistency. Right, and it was consistent, and it had rain. So, right. I and, and more mods need rain. More maps need rain. I think rain is great in snow. 
in any environment effects because it's always overlooked and it always adds a bit of, uh, you know, goodness to a map or mod. But the reason I'm so irked by it is because they had a they had a head start. They have their own engine and a good engine at that. But there's a, a game called Warsaw, which is free, which looks exactly like, well. It looks like they want it to be, and it, it looks really good. And it's a total conversion for the Quake 3 open source. And we'll post a link to that. And it's a very fast-paced deathmatch mod. Any of you who liked um, Half-Life uh, 1 deathmatch or Quake deathmatch or anything like that, you will absolutely love Warsaw. So we'll post a link to that so you guys can get take a look-see at that and see what uh, Varian is trying to be. But given time and with some new models and way better mappers, I can see, I can see Varian being a very good mod. Now, you mentioned way better mappers, but I think the maps are, okay, are, are visually, the maps are, meh, you know, they're not that great. But architecturally, they have a sense of most deathmatch maps. You know, they're mirrored in a, in a certain way that makes a lot of sense for just deathmatch scheme maps. And I liked that, because a lot of times you get a mod, and they're piled in with these maps that make no sense with sort of the gameplay elements, you know? Um, certain in certain mods, you have to have maps that just don't make sense. You know, close quarters fighting with no real entrance, just like an arena map. And that's what Varian has. Varian has some pretty good arena maps. They're just not very good to look at. So the layouts there is just uh, kind of how they presented visually. I guess you're right about the layout, but it's not very hard to get you know Half-Life Two. I mean, well, just any general deathmatch map going. So, mm-hmm. but I, I will say I'm looking forward to it being good. And I hope they pull through because they have, like we said, they have completely converted, redone everything. So that's a plus. Just going through redoing the model sounds, textures, and animations and all that. Well, they didn't really change any animations. But once you do that, you have yourself a new, a new, essentially, game. And that's always a plus. So, you know, keep it up. Keep, keep up the good work and just get it finished. Uh, I'm sure, like you said, we'll have, a, we'll have a, some fun with it when we do the... Uh, after when we do the play tonight so mm-hmm. and say. it's definitely worth a mention Varian is worth a mention right um just so that you guys can keep your eye out on it anyway moving it's... on moving on okay go on um duct tape last week we mentioned duct tape which is uh it's supposed to make modding easier and i feel bad because we didn't have much to say about it because i didn't know what the hell it was and you haven't modded for a while and not a lot of people knew but we actually got a comment from surfa um from i guess I don't know if he's from the duct tape team. He might be from just interlopers, but he says he gives us a little bit better of a uh, rundown and I'll read it for you guys. Um, I thought I might give you guys a quick overview of the uses of duct tape apart from basic compiling SMD to MDL and image files to VTF. You have access to build all change functions to a build to a build all change functions. The build changes function is what sets duct tape from the basic valve tools and other community tools to compile your models and textures. Basically, it allows you to make changes to a number of SMD and image files, and with the touch of a button, duct tape will go through and build all edited files into the final products you see in game. This is very useful when working on a large mod with lots of models and textures. Also, the fact that the model compiler is completely handled through the GUI is very useful. It is also similar to the popular tool Studio Compiler by Cannon Fodder. But duct tape allows you to compile for orange box based mods and games. You know, everyone wants to make a mod. Everyone wants to sit down and code the engine and get stuff done. But no one actually wants to sit down and, and make boring stuff like this. So props to the guy who does this because I looked into it more. Um, 
and all and it, and it's really just streamlining streamlining um, the the stuff that mod developers have to go through. So yeah. props to him. Totally respect it, and you know keep up the good work. The only um, quip that I have with it is that, um, well, that it has nothing to do with people like us. So. I guess, but I mean, I guess it doesn't matter on this podcast because we have more people who we have more developers listen than actual players. So, of course, yeah. So, I mean, this podcast is for the developers. Yeah. Um, correction, correction. Um, well, he is Surfa's the documentation writer. Okay, just be wary because we're we're not we don't want the podcast to be about. Mod developers. It's just it just so happens that mod developers listen to the podcast because we talk about mods. This is for everyone. Yeah. Out there. Exactly. Um, okay, moving on. Straight from the Metal Valve. Um, before we get into the big news of the week, we'll go with this sort of small fry first, and that's the Team Fortress 2 sniper update. And they are on day four of the sniper update, and day four actually is a spy update. Now, there's a cool story behind this, and I, I was following it yesterday. Um, but before we get into the cool story, I want to go through the days here once I get to day one. Um, day one, the first sniper update was the Huntsman, which is uh, a sort of crossbow you can get, which looks really cool. Or not a crossbow, just an archery bow. Um, day two was the new map, um, Pipeline, and uh, that looks pretty cool. It's a uh, new game mode, Gladiatorial Cart Combat. Interesting. I haven't looked much into that, but that's day, day two. Day three is the new Razorback, and this is when the whole hype started with the uh, Team Fortress 2 sniper update. Because when they did Day 3, the first image of Day 3 had a silhouetted um, spy behind the sniper. And then they pulled that down and changed it with, this, with, the, uh, with the image that you see now, with just the, the sniper there with the shield and the spy dead in the background. Now people started questioning, why was there a silhouetted spy behind the, the sniper about to stab him, and then they did day four, which was the cloak and dagger. So basically, the spy <laughs> can feign his death, but really he's alive and he's gonna stab you in the back, which is yeah. really cool. This is this is kind of confusing. First of all, I just want to say that that was a, that was a hilarious move on Valve's part. I love I love the silly stuff that they do, but um, what it means is because I actually didn't understand what it meant by cloaking because I thought it was just like it was an old for- Team Fortress where it would just cloak you. I mean, no, not cloak you, but you would actually just play dead on the ground. This actually just spawns a model of yourself that exactly. is dead, and you're actually invisible, and you can run around and go back and stab the guy in the back if you want. So, exactly. Which makes it fun- really useful. And the funniest thing is, they, they almost made it so that the spy took over the sniper update. They should have done that. By killing the sniper. That's funny. They, they should have done that. That would have been funny. I wouldn't have mind, because I hate uh, snipers anyways. I was looking forward to seeing what day four was going to bring, but uh, that that archery bow, I'm 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 into archery. I have a recursive bow on my wall right here, and I just want to go into Team Fortress and start bowing people. Oh my god! Anyway, moving on. Well, well I update. just I just want to say, and I'm sure the listeners share the sentiment. I have no intention of playing Team Fortress Two until they release the Soldier update. <laughs> Period. Aww. You just broke all their hopes and dreams they wanted to play with you. Nope. Play Fortress Fair with me until then. <laughs> Alright, the big update. Finally, it happened. Left 4 Dead SDK. 
Woo-hoo. Yes, it is. I'm I'm excited. Are you excited? We're all excited. excited. I'm excited to see what comes from this because yeah. they got some really cool things in this SDK. I was I was playing Left 4 Dead this morning and I went through an entire campaign and I thought to myself, this is this is mind achingly boring, <laughs> and it's because I've played it all. But I'm actually really looking forward to playing through entire campaigns to player made by players. Right. It's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting. I'm waiting. I can't wait for it. So just to reiterate, for someone stupid like me, what what has everyone had access to, if okay. they haven't had the entire SDK? How have they been able to make maps and whatnot? Right now, as it stands, people are posting Left 4 Dead maps um, based on the fact where you would load up, uh, say you would load up an, a pre-existing campaign, and then you'd pull down the console and you know type change level. And then you change level to the map that you want to change. It was sort of like a hack and slash way of doing things. I'm not sure how they were getting the yeah. entities in there. Yeah, we played that one map, but how are they making it? I'm not sure how they're making it exactly. But what the authoring tools will allow you to do now is actually make your own custom campaign. You'll be able to import them into Left 4 Dead. Maybe Nick or maybe somebody knows how they were getting the entities and the sprite or the the entities and the FDG into there. But uh, either way, now everything will change. They won't be doing that anymore. I guarantee it. Because the offering tools include an updated version of Hammer, which we speculated. Remember, we were asking people whether they were going to update Hammer. An updated suite of command line compiling tools, updated particle editor, updater face poser, an example maps, common uh, infected, props, and explosives. And, to top it all off, the release of the SDK introduces some plugins for SketchUp. And if you don't know what SketchUp is, it's Google's sort of 3D modeling program that you can download for free. So they're opening it up for freeware modeling, and you don't have to use that XSI crap or open up Maya and do all those professional editing. You can just how, use your straight-up hobbyist How software. difficult is that to do? Because we're talking about a completely different architecture here right now, aren't we? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe they decided to use SketchUp for the for the development of Left 4 Dead, so they just sort of made it open to everybody else. Huh. Maybe that's why Left 4 Dead looked so bad in the beginning. Remember that? <laughs> that yeah, Left 4 Dead looked it looked terrible when it first was announced. I remember thinking there's no way. Uh-uh, the, this is a joke. But as soon as Valve got their hands on it, it turned out to look fantastic, but I remember it looking like ass. I'm sure everyone else does too. Mhm. But this SketchUp thing is a big deal because now you're going to get a lot of people who don't know a lot about modeling that can get involved because SketchUp is a really easy program to use. So they'll be able to make their own custom props, make their maps a little bit more interesting, whether they add like a pop can or, you know, like on an entire nuclear power plant, whatever. Props always make maps more interesting. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be cool. Um, Valve also also moved... uh... You can actually well, it wasn't so much move on Valve's part, but you can actually use the free developer version of uh, Win, uh, of uh, Windows Visual. I mean, uh, Microsoft Visual C plus. So you can essentially sit down and pretty soon make the entire mod without buying a single program. So that's props awesome. to them. That's good for the yeah. uh, for just the Love obvious. That. For sure. So anyway, all right. Oh, so that's the SDK. Hopefully, in a couple of weeks, we're going to see some really interesting things. There's already mods that have full sort of. Um, concept documents for what they want to work on. They're just waiting for this SDK. So I think as as we as we sit down and do this, as we sit down and do this podcast, I see one of our listeners is already uh, playing with the authoring tools and my friends list on Steam. So oh, hell yeah, good good. 
All right, so Left 4 Dead releases. I'm going to just blast through these again. I don't even know if FPS Banana is working. You know what? I was talking to Nick the other day, and I just sort of want to rant about FPS Banana real quick. Because I'm not going to flame them. It's just I visited FPS Banana this morning, and yeah, here it is again. And there's four error lines from their for each loop at the very top of the page. Like, why? And half the time, the site doesn't even work. Half the time, it doesn't work. Oh, I see it too. Yeah. Like, come on, you're supposed to be a professional site here. Well, no, I think what happened is it started off as a huge site, and then they kind of made it fire and forget. So right now, it's just kind of like steamrolling on its own. And I don't think they actually updated very much. Like, this is just, you know, the the product of their work from a, from a while ago. I think I'm going to start using leftfordeadmaps.com for my Left 4 Dead maps. But anyway, um... Let's get on with the left. Wait, let me. Releases. If you can have something about FPS banana, let me talk about Neo Tokyo. Okay. Okay. I spoke to someone, and I cannot say who their name is, and I cannot say anything about what happened. But I will say that the release is approaching, and that's all I will say. Dun dun dun. It's not. It's not. It's not like within the next two days. But I'm just saying that they are making progress. I've talked to the devs, and they're definitely making huge progress there they made a list and they are checking it twice and <laughs> if you're not or nice it's gonna be coming out but no really it's they're 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 pulling through it i know it seems sometimes like mod developers will do this it seems like they just disappear and they don't say anything because even on the main site they haven't really had an update about what they're doing with it for a few months but it's definitely trudging along so keep your chin up yep so, alright, so these maps are not FPS Banana. Also, last week, I was talking about a barricade map, and I kind of screwed that up. You need a special barricade plugin for Left 4 Dead to use that barricade map. I guess there's a plugin that allows you to use props and stuff and barricade walls that somebody wrote for Left 4 Dead, which is actually kind of cool. You can do something so, like that? Yeah, I guess huh. so. I, I, I would like to check that out, but I care more about the SDK now. Hmm. Anyway... Well, yeah, that well now that they have the SDK, they can actually properly imp- implement it, make it not ass. So that'll be really cool. Mm-hmm. So first on the list is Cottage of Doom. It's just another survival map. Looks interesting. Um, it seems a little bit open, but you might you might have some fun with it. I always like these sort of hold up in raggedy houses. Um, next is Supermarket Fun Time. That's an awesome name. I like that name. And basically, what I think it is is you just uh, it's just a Left 4 Dead map. Oh, it is a survival map. In a supermarket, which is kind of cool. It looks nice. They got their own custom textures in there. Looks like a nice map. Um, Road Warrior. This was something I wanted to check out. Another survival map. Um, it sort of looks like it takes place in an open desert. A whole bunch of cars are stranded on the road. And uh, it's in daylight, which is interesting too, because you don't see a lot of Left 4 Dead maps in daylight. Next is Minimart. Another survival map. And another holdup in, you know, sort of like a grocery store, your local Minimart. And lastly is Left 4 Dead Town, or Left 4 Dead Dead Town. Um, it is just another miscellaneous map. Um, it doesn't look that great. It's somebody's first map, and it doesn't have a lot of good feedback. Um, but in terms of the screenshots, the architecture looks pretty well. So check it out if you're into Left 4 Dead, and those are the maps of the week. Check those out. We, we should probably start playing Left 4 Dead maps again now that they released the SDK. So. I think so, too. I think so, too. Alright, moving on to the release list. Dun, big, dun, thing, big thing this week. Xenoclash 
updated Gary's mod. They added all their models and props and stuff to uh, to Gary's. I mod. still don't know what Xenoclash is. Did we talk about this last week? Yeah, but I still don't know what it is. Yeah, I think we talked about this last week. I don't remember. Yeah, I'm I'm just bad. So. Okay. Anyway, it's in there. Um, they added all their models and. Oh, I don't know Xenoclash. how many player models. I don't know how many player models they have. Because, That's uh, crazy that they had. Um, well, yeah, I guess free. Source. It is a source game, so you know that makes sense. Well, you know what? When I was playing through Xenoclash, my favorite part about Xenoclash was the player models. They have so many different player models. It's so beautiful. Uh, that game is amazing, and they added the weapon models too. They might have added some props. I can't say that for sure, but. That's very cool stuff. They, I, I, this is a good way to promote your mod. They, they should, uh, developers should take note and do cool stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Okay, next on the list is a lot from Planet Philip. And keep in mind, I haven't played any of these maps, but uh, I have. Oh, you played it? Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Tell us about yeah. Lot for Half Life Two. It's I, I'm. This is the second or third time we've played a map like this, and I don't really get it. It's just. One of those uh, line up the turrets and then push a button and then hordes of zombies come out and try and kill you. I don't really get that. Oh, I kind of like those maps though. Philip Philip goes goo goo for this stuff, but luckily his listeners don't because it's not that special. <laughs> I kind of like them just because I like holding on to the turrets while they just blast away zombies. I guess that's fun, but I have a pretty good computer. I have an, a Phenom at 2x3. And I still lagged on this pretty badly. Oh. Yeah. I don't know why. Half-Life 2 shouldn't lag for me, but it did. It's it's okay. If you like the if you like playing survival, but in Half-Life 2, go ahead. This is for you, but not my cup of tea. I it, The mapping wasn't particularly good either because it was at night, and it wasn't very detailed either. So, But if you like that sort of thing, go for it. It's a, it's a waste of time for me. Cool. Did you get to play the fake episode three maps? <clears throat> this really disappointed me, William, and really? I I'm mad at you for disappointing me even more. To actually well, I'm it. really excited for it, but if you're telling me it's not it, very good, listen, it 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 should be good. It 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 does it has the formula for success built into it. It's 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 kind of different, and this is one of those this is one of those times where it's not just shoot 'em up. It's actually kind of an adventure game. You actually have to. There's a, there's a few parts where you have to jump around and j- navigate the terrain, and then you get to go through all of these cool environments. And you know how I am for snow. I'm a sucker for snow, and this has snow maps in it, and it it was really cool. It's just you can tell that this is one of his first maps because it's not done particularly well. But credit words do. It is very difficult, and it is it is. It is, it's, I guess, well done in that it's not typical and that it's unique, but I just, it, it felt clinical. I couldn't really, I played the entire thing and I just, I don't know. There's a few few parts that are very difficult, so if you're in a cha- into a challenge, then go for it. And there's one part, there's a puzzle where you're going to bash your head against the wall <laughs> and I can't tell you what to do, but, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it, it's the- anyways, it's just, and I, you know what? I bet you were expecting me to say I hate this. No, because I was actually looking very much forward to this. I didn't get to play a lot of things this week because A, I got too caught up in the Lord of the Rings online, I'll admit it. B, I got my new hard drive and all that sort of stuff. So I feel bad I needed to play a lot of things. Well, but I got excited for this. Well, I wanted to play it, these. 
I I love the idea of the model. I'll say that much. If you were to, I, I'm surprised you think I would like this because if you if someone had asked you, hey, do you think a manual would like someone's interpretation of what episode three would be? You would probably think no. A manual likes original ideas, but no, I actually really liked this. I love I love the idea that the mod community can fill in the the spot for Valve and and do what they think will happen. I think that's really cool. I, I think we should see more of this. I, I would love to see um, the community do their interpretations of what ha- episode two should have been or what episode three could be, what they think the Borealis will be like. I love stuff like this. So mm-hmm. Now, it's important to note that um, the title fake episode three maps was a title given from Philip. The author of these maps didn't actually title his stuff, so Philip just said, well, I guess fake episode three maps worked. So he named it that. And also, this is somebody's interpretation of Episode 3. It is not Episode 3. It is not any leaked material. Just making it nice and clear. But that is very cool. I like that. I think it's cool, too. It's interesting. It's interesting to look at what people... And people really want to play Episode 3 right now. That's why I think it's getting a lot of good marks. Yeah. And, yeah, I I really liked... um, There's one part where you kind of have to escape with Barney and, and Alex... And you're running and you're and you're shooting and and that's really cool. It does it it does a few things brilliantly and then other times you're thinking, what the hell was he thinking? This is <laughs> is miserable. But it, I guess it warrants to download and play if if the if you know if you haven't if you if you haven't played anything pertaining to episode three, definitely play it. Um, but like I said, it was disappointing in some areas, and I guess I'm being too critical because after. Um, uh, what was that mod that we played? Uh, the the demo for the Half Life Two mod that we played. Dark World. Oh no, not Dark World. Um, oh, what's it called now? Not missing information. That was. No, I don't remember. I'm sorry. I know what you're talking about though. God, that was so good. Dangerous it, Worlds. It, Dangerous, Dangerous Worlds. Dangerous Worlds was so good, and then uh, now I'm just disappointed in everything else I'm playing. <laughs> Sad. Dangerous Worlds. Yes. Yeah. Good mod. But anyway, moving on with the list. Um, I'm going to skip over that. What else we got here? Operation Fire Sweep from uh, Planet Philip is another one of those maps that was released. Did you get to play Operation Fire Sweep? Um, yeah. And what's the story behind this? It was released five years ago, but it's now just been picked up and taken a look at? or Yeah, that's what... Philip sort of revives old things. Um, it was released the 15th of April, 2004. But he sort of has has a backlog of a backlog of things to get at, and then when he gets to it, he posts it on Planet Philip, which is when uh-huh. it really gets released because people don't do proper PR work, and a lot of people check Planet Philip. So, yeah, yeah. Well, I that 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 makes sense. It, it, so this is older, yes, and for the time, it's very good. But um, it's just a genuine interpretation of opposing force. So, if you liked opposing force. Well, actually, I shouldn't say if you if you liked imposing force because all this has in common with opposing forces the uh, is the models and the animations and all that. Um, this is uh, it's hard to explain. If you play through Blue Shift and you play through Opposing Force and you play through Half Life, they each has their own feeling because they were done by different studios. But more importantly, they all have their own play style and the way the maps are laid out and everything. This has more of a Half Life feel, but it does have Opposing Force um, models and everything. So. It's it's good. It didn't stand out to me as fantastic, but this is it warrants a download and a play, I guess, especially if you liked Opposing Force like I did. So mm-hmm. cool. All right, so next on the list, something that we are very excited to play. 
zombie mod. 1.20 was released, and they dun, have dun, a dun. giant change log. Giant change log. They do, and all the stuff we were bitching about before, they changed. Oh, so. yeah, they fixed it all. And you know what? I have to say, zombie mod 1.20 is 100 times better than zombie mod 1.0. And the reason is... They actually did fix the lag for survival mode. Oh, dude, we never drop below 60 frames a second. Awesome. Ever. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's such a jump because before you had 5 frames a second and it just out of nowhere, they, now it constantly runs at 60 frames a second no matter what you do. I was blown up. That is a huge jump. I could not believe that they did that. Yeah, me too. I mean, they definitely have some programming skills. Some other changes, um, they added the new map that, uh, uh, that James was talking about last week, City Block. Very fun map. Um, you get a lot of fast zombies coming at you from random areas. Um, yeah. A little bit scary in that sense. They did a little bit of balancing, changed some zombie health, changed some human health. Um, they also made it so that you don't have to rebuy back your weapons, one thing that we were very much complaining mm -hmm. about. Updated mm -hmm. a lot of maps. Um, they changed, I think they changed a couple of sounds on the fast zombies, so they're starting to implement their own things. Um and all in all, it's just an awesome, awesome update for Zombie Mod Source. Yeah, they added the new map, right? Mm-hmm. And they had a map with rain. Hell yeah. Yeah, another good thing. We like rain. We like I, lo I love effect. that ambiance. Yeah, any, anything that makes you feel submersed in the environment, we love. And it made it feel dark and gloomy and all that. So, yes. hell yeah. So love if you stuff. are a Zombie Mod Source fan... Download this if you haven't played Zombie Mod Source. Now is the time. Because it is. you know what the beauty of this is? Even if there is no servers up, even if there's nobody playing, you can still play survival and it won't lag anymore. Yeah. Which is awesome. And it's really nice. And you should stop playing Zombie Panic Source. <laughs> and you should play Zombie Mod. Yes, Deej, stop. Yes, Red Bunny, you can stop now. All of you, just stop and play this one because it's better. Damn it. <laughs> You're talking to the Neo Tokyo team directly, are you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, getting, I'm in cohorts with the team. <laughs> Alright, next on the list is another Opposing Force map. Added it this morning called Supernova Space Station. Um, we'll probably have this on follow-up and errata next week. But it looks pretty cool. There's some pretty good models, it looks like. Custom, uh, custom models with some custom textures. A lot of custom textures. Um, should be interesting to look at. Yeah, I don't know I where he's get getting to, all these opposing force maps. Yeah, I didn't get to uh, play it yet. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, he's going through an opposing force phase, I think. But no, <laughs> I haven't. I haven't gotten to play it yet, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. It looks like uh, the thing. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, yeah. That would be kind of interesting where they're stuck in Alaska or whatever, and they had the snow and all that. So I'll, I'll give that a shot as soon as I can. So it, it yeah. looks good. Mm -hmm. So also on the list this week. Actually, last week we talked about the Sven Co-op update, how they updated to, what, 4.05, and then they had to revert back to 4.06 because they broke it. Well, 4.07 is here. They haven't had to fix anything yet, so I'm pretty sure it's permanent. So this fixes a lot of the sound engine bugs that they were complaining about before. Um, CL Stop Sound now works properly. The FMOD EX um, has been updated, which is what we were talking about last week with Zombie Mod Source. Um, also they fixed, uh, minor donor issues, some, uh, a lot of engine fixes, a lot of speaking function fixes. All in all, it's just sort of an update on all the complaints that people were having with 4.0. It's 
So 4.07 should run a lot smoother, especially on the level of sound and audio. When are they sure. going to just release Sven Co-op 2? Or just on the Source Engine? We talked enough about that last week. <laughs> I just don't get it. I, I will say that it just needs it. It's not an option to do it. Yeah, I agree. But um, I don't think they'll be able to survive if they release Sven Co-op 2. Anyway. It's depressing. So what have you been up to this week, Emmanuel? Trying to get Fallout 3 to work. Oh, really? Damn it. Yes, Fallout 3 is so good, and then it just stops running at all. So I've formatted to three different operating systems to see if it was that, but no, it still crashes. And I have a 360, but no one has it on 360, so I can't play it on 360 either. It's torture. I have it on classes starting Monday, and I wanted to sit down and play through a good RPG, but no. Fallout 3 is made by a garbage company, so it's never going to work ever again. <laughs> Damn oh, it. So what else have you played Fallout 3? Oh yeah, I beat it on 360. And then, and you know what? I beat it on 360, and I played good, right? And then, so I said, okay, well, when it comes out on PC, or when I when I decide to play it on PC, um, I'll I'll play bad, you know, I'll, I'll replay the game on you know sort of a bad neutrality. Um, but then I tried that, and I was like, go oh, to the I dark already, side. I already did this. I I totally wasn't motivated to play through the game again. I don't know what it was. Really? Yeah. I didn't want to play Fallout Three. You might have just I, been. I got like out of Vault 101, and I was like, eh, "This is the same thing again. I don't really want to do this again." So, uh, no, I was going through for second playtime as well, and no, I, I was definitely enjoying it. Well, keep in mind with the they released all of the DLC, mm-hmm. and oh my god, how could you ever argue for DLC when a game like Fallout 3 ever exists? Yeah. Do you understand how badly this DLC thing is screwing them over? The DLC does not work. Let me re- let me reiterate. It does not work, as in it does not. It will just not work, and they still want to sell this to you after the game didn't be work to begin with. It's infuriating. <laughs> somebody in the somebody in the modulus chat said 360 William question mark week. I have a 360, a PlayStation 3, a Nintendo Wii, a Super NES, and a PC. So take that. I have all three systems. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it really is just disappointing, and I wish they would get on the ball with this because they do have a good game. But also, um, Fallout Vegas is coming out, eh? And it's being picked up by the original developers of the Fallout series. Wait, Fallout Vegas? Yeah, they're making a another game called Fallout Vegas. It's like Fallout Four, and it's taking place in Las Vegas. Interplay, yes, Interplay. As to where, it's not called Interplay anymore, though. I don't know what it's called. Um, but it's it's being passed on to the original developers of Fallout. It's not being taken by Bethesda, right? Bethesda did a good job. Now, are they taking the Fallout 3 engine and making it 3D, or are they going to go back to the 2D? I'm not sure exactly what they're doing. I don't know what the details are. All I know is that the game exists, and um, you can expect it in the future. If it comes out on that Oblivion engine, on that 3D engine, hell yeah. Count like, me. A to- like a top-down sort of thing? No, 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 no. I'm saying on the Oblivion engine where you, oh, okay. like you, like it was in Fallout 3 where you actually walk around and you, you have the 3D view and all that. Mm-hmm. Count me in if that's the case. Oh, you don't like the 2D stuff? Oh, I tried Fallout 2 the other day. God, what, how did people play video games back in the 90s? <laughs> it's so bad. I could never put up with it. Yeah. Anyway, what I've been up to this week is I installed my hard drive. And let me just tell you, installing a hard drive into a MacBook Pro is a pain. Oh, I'm sure it thing. is, especially when you have that monocoque aluminum chassis, don't you? No, I don't actually. I have uh, 
I have the older MacBook. Actually, if I had the aluminum chassis, it's just a matter of opening a flap in the back and popping out the hard drive. It's really easy with the uh, mono, mono chassis. But this, I had to pull up the keyboard tray. And then what they actually did is they glued a heat sensor. Don't ask me why, but they glued a heat sensor onto the proprietary Apple drive. So I had to peel this heat sensor off without breaking the ribbon cables. So <sighs> bad. It was horrible. That sounds fun. Yeah. So that that was like a good two hours of my life gone. You should get a real computer. Stickers. Anyway, either way, I got my hard drive in here, 500 gigs of awesome. And uh, I'm still getting all my applications back, but it's working fine right now. I love it. So moving on with the podcast, Media Blitz. You want to take the Media wait, Blitz? Wait. I was just going to ask, why... Why is it that um, mod teams don't get good writers? Because I was playing through a few old single-player mods today, and I, and, I, and I was thinking about that. Have you noticed that? Yeah, I think I think they just overlook that sort of thing. That's something that Philip from Planet Philip always harps back on, that people don't it, concern themselves enough with you know, writing and storyline. That's what really irks him. It's so crucial, though. It is crucial, I agree. I think a lot more people are going to take a look at it now, now that mod teams are becoming a little bit more professional you know they're starting to structure themselves a little bit better but uh but yeah it is one of the main parts for, especially for single player especially for single player yeah i was playing through older uh, old old stuff and i just couldn't help but think about it <laughs> and um and, and you and it makes you think too because you could just think back on how many mods you played where you thought man if the writing was better i'd probably be having a way better time with this mm-hmm. and anyway, the same thing all right, okay. go on, never mind. No, you go on. Go on with Media Blitz. The same thing. Oh, wait. Media Blitz. You mean Ham and Jam? <laughs> you mean the mod that is never going to come out? As I, I, put this, I put this on here just for you. Really? That's so nice. You can put a, you know, something useful, something that might actually be released. That's <laughs> I got messaged by almost every single Ham and Jam developer this week because really? of your comments. Yes. What do you and mean comments? What are you talking about? They, you're talking about them never being released. They assure me that they are extremely close to release. They are closer than they ever have. And then okay. they sent me this media blitz. They emailed me this media blitz. So I feel obligated. And okay. it's a pretty good media blitz. And okay. I feel obligated to talk about it. William, what happened when Action Half-Life said they were going to release it in two weeks? Hey, you just started at the beginning of this podcast saying that Neo Tokyo is going to be released early. So no, no, no. I, I didn't say early. I said they were making progress. So what, did I, what did I say about Action Half-Life? That it wasn't going was, to be released and that I was wrong. Right. And was, and was I right? Yes, you were right. Listen to Papa Emanuel and just <laughs> and take what he says seriously because I, I mean it. It's not – it will never be released. If it, if it is released, I will – Wear a mustache for the rest of my life. <laughs> no, this is going to be awesome. Look, are you taking a look at these screenshots? It looks almost done. Yes. It looks like Resistance and Liberation. It does, actually. What, what do you want me? Well, that, I mean, but we can't, that's, that's, you can't really say that because, you know, Resistance and Liberation did not copyright European World War II campaigns, so I guess we shouldn't say that. <laughs> it's World War One, though, isn't it? I don't know. Yeah, it's a World War One mod. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Ham and Jam. Doesn't Thomas work on it? No, he doesn't. Stop saying Thomas works on Ham and Jam. And it's World War II history, not World War One. You know what pisses me off? The, uh, my brother played a lot of uh, Day Defeat, right? 
Mm-hmm. And um, I, I mentioned something to him about Thomas um, Thomas Rogers, and he goes, "Editor three two one." And I said, "What? How do you know who he is? <laughs> how the fu- How do you know what Thomas is?" And it turns out that Thomas is a prominent force in the data feat modding community. He and did. He that. did a lot, a lot of custom models. Right, but I mean, it wasn't like I was talking about Brad Pitt or, you know, <laughs> like Ava Green. He knew who he was. It was like he was a celebrity. It really pissed me off. And you'll never get to that status, Emmanuel. I never will. But at least I've come to terms with it. So, <laughs> so I'm sitting there and, and just out of nowhere, I couldn't believe it. And speaking of which, do any of you remember Segway? No, Seg 3 on Data Feet, the nope. original? No. You don't remember Seg 3, the map? No, sorry. It was the best map ever. Ever, ever, ever. Nick remembers it. Anyways, yeah, wasn't not the best map ever. Anyways, if anyone can re- can find that map, I think it would make my life if someone could make that for a data feed source, or at least find the original, so that way I could go through and learn how to map and then make that map for data feed source. Because <laughs> Seg Three was such a good map. It was like Snowtown. You remember Snowtown? Yeah. Okay, I remember Snowtown. Fuck. It was just really fun, and it probably wasn't very good, but it was still really, really fun. And I would love to see that again. Such so, so a good mod. Cool. I mean, Matt. You're just jealous of Thomas. You know, I, I, I secretly resent Thomas because he has the life I've always wanted. <laughs> he's, been, he's been in the service. He, he has an adorable cat. He, he can survive. Out. He, he does Survivor Man just for fun on the weekends. Yeah, it's just, I, I wish I was Thomas. Mm-hmm. Anyway, all right. Moving on, topic of the week. Topic of the week's. First on top of the week is uh, Steam Card. I found this on... Uh, this. What's that? I don't get this. Well, it's, you know how usually you can get those form signatures and it shows you like what you've yeah. been playing? This is but what I, this is. I just don't get the point. I didn't get the point of those either. I just I just well, don't get the point of bragging about... Well, I guess it's just like Facebook except for your Steam profile. No one really gives a shit that you know, you're brushing your teeth or that <laughs> you just met the lead singer of the Jonas Brothers. It's It's just... <laughs> It's just another tool for you to spread meaningless information throughout the internet. So I guess people will love it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's there. I mean, if if you're into that sort of stuff, then you can definitely... I wonder how it. hard it was to do, though, because they didn't have the... Well, I mean, essentially, I guess it just reads your Steam profile and then ups it, yeah, updates it. Yeah, parses it. I'm sure yeah. it just searches for your profile, then parses it and puts it in a nice little card. Wouldn't be that hard to do, to be honest. Yeah, so I guess it's not that difficult, but, you know... I guess it's cool. Mm-hmm. All right, so last on top of the week, there was an interesting article here um, on Tech Radar. It's called "How Valve Can Fix Counter Strike" because we all know Counter Strike has been around for well, like, ten years now. And critically, more importantly, it's about the competitive aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And did you know that I actually played competitive Counter Strike for three or four years? Did you know that I broadcasted competitive Counter Strike? On Cal. Yeah, really? Yep. See, we, we no one wants to talk about it, but there was probably a good four years of my life that have withered away because I spent all my time in Cal <laughs> playing with a few good teams of mine. I've played Cal. And I, I played it, Cal. The article is, it, it's actually fairly boring. I don't know if you could actually read through it. I actually did. Anyways, the point is, the article goes into detail about how Counter-Strike Source broke the game because it got rid of the bugs in the engine or <laughs> it's easier to play or something like that. Let me just say this. Counter-Strike Source is not easier than 1.6. It's 
it's just different. You can't you can't compare the two. If you were to have the best Counter Strike Source team play the best 1.6 team in 1.6, the 1.6 team would win. If you had the best 1.6 team play the Counter Strike Source team in Counter Strike Source, the Source team would win. It's just yeah, it's just two different versions of the engines. They say it's easier because the headshots register. Well, I'm sorry. I didn't know that the game actually registering shots made it easier. Is that <laughs> did I miss that or I actually prefer Source personally, but um, it goes into detail about how they need to make it more open for competitive players, but it comes down to Valve has to wrangle with the fact that hundreds of thousands of people at any given moment are playing Counter-Strike, and they have to cater to the people who play, uh, play on public servers. They can't just cater to the 2,000 or 3,000 people who play competitively. So all they have to do... And this article is moot, and all of the complaining is moot, is have a command that says SV underscore competitive one. And then it'll convert it to competitive mode where the shots are more accurate, the net code's a little bit more quicker, and the maps um, don't load needless entities, and then wham. End of discussion. And Valve could do it, it's just no one's outright said, hey Valve, would you mind doing a competitive mode for us? Mm-hmm. Well, I think Counter-Strike suffers a lot from, you know, that it's old now. It's not going to get any new players. All it can do is hold on to its older players, right? Whereas a game like Call of Duty 5 or, you know, World at War or whatever, all those new FPSs are going to keep getting new people because people are going to retail stores and buying it. You know what I'm saying? So Valve has to find a way to keep hold of their current demographic because they're not going to gain anymore. They're just going to lose. That's, that's the only direction. Yeah, well... Counter-Strike, how much money could they make from Counter-Strike 2? I don't think we could quantify that number. It would be so large. We, our little brains cannot wrap around it. It's just, they need to do that. They just need to release Counter-Strike 2. And to be honest, I, I know. I would buy Counter-Strike yeah. 2, but I wouldn't play it. Me too. No, no, no. Imagine, and it doesn't have to be amazing, just imagine new models. All new guns, but they follow the same. They adhere to the same rule set where they're easy to pick up and learn, but you have to master them over time, et cetera, et cetera. Completely new maps. Play off of old ideas that worked. Like Oil Rig, that was a good map. AS Tundra Assault, um, Assassination, that was a good map style. I don't know why they got rid of it. And D-Dust 3, and then wham, you have Counter-Strike 2, and people will eat that shit up. We, we, we're talking about... A community of people, first-person shooter players, who will buy 45 expansions for Battlefield. But do you really think that Valve couldn't get away with releasing Counter-Strike 2? <laughs> I think they would be. Able, I think they would do awesome if they released Counter-Strike 2. I just don't think Valve cares right now. Anyway, sorry about that. I got uh, dropped. But anyways, the the point of that rant was to say that they should release Counter-Strike 2. Right. Done. Right. And. Since the drop, for all you recorded listeners, we added another face to the call. Yeah, somehow he just jumped in. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how that works. That's how we roll at Podcast 17. We just throw this, people in the, there. We have here Matthew, Mr. Mr. Dryden, who is the main proprietor of Modular Combat, correct? Hello? I think... Uh, uh, he's gone. Hey, well, hey, sorry. Have, I, um, I oh, just I muted my microphone. Okay. There we go. Okay, so you are the sole proprietor. You're the main co- guy over at Modular Combat, correct? I, I was the guy that basically had the idea, and I started working with this coder from um, the UK. His name is Winston. 
And uh, together we created this um, mod, put together this. We started development last March, so it's been just over a year. Cool. So you guys actually have sat down. Well, we our our main quirk with it was that it it was essentially just Half Life Two, deathmatch, but it gave you all the cool features and everything, but you had to work for them. So, one of the things that we did, I listened I listened to both your podcasts where you mentioned monitor pod, monitor combats, and one of the things that we did is that we lowered the um, base experience you needed to gain levels. And we also gave two module points, which is the points that you need to um, invest in your modules for the um, suit. So that's that's one of the releases um, I'm rolling out today, based cool. on just based purely on your feedback. So I appreciate see, that. that. Thank you. Thanks. That, see that 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 would have made it a lot easier for us to pick up and play because I didn't even get to try any of these special stuff, and we had to sit there and farm EXP so William could even try the first one. So. That'd be very cool, and it'll give uh, it'll give listeners or players a, a chance to actually jump in and see what it's kind of leaning towards when you actually start playing. Did you ever play Rocket Crowbar? Um, I've never played Rocket Crowbar, to be honest. Really? Um, never. Um, the Mario Combat go- was based. Mario, sorry, Mario Combat was based on um the, the initial idea was based on a mod from Quake Two called Vortex. Which is far more developed than modular combat, but um, I've, I've been working with that that the lead developer of that mod. His name is Scott. Um, towards the initial idea for modular combat, and then we just kind of took the Half Life universe and crafted that idea there onto that onto the new universe, I guess. You know, Emmanuel and I, I, I really did enjoy modular combat. Um, but like like we said before, um, you sort it's it's sort of nothing new until you really grind into the XP, like Emmanuel and I said. So beyond fixing that, like, what do you have plans for the future for modular combat? Like, what sort of things are you hoping to expand into? Uh, we're we're um, looking at um, getting new weapons put into the mod as well as weapon upgrades. So not only do you get to have new modules attached to the suits. You get to um, increase the damage of your weapon and its functionality. For one example, we're talking about the uh, Magnum and adding a sec- second functionality as to um, curve bullets, I guess, if, um, if you've oh, ever sweet. seen that. Interesting. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like Wanted. Lo- yeah, like Wanted. So basically it's like a crosshair like a shotgun. It's just, it's just an idea we're talking about. It'd be a crosshair like a shotgun. And if you can get your enemy in that range, it'll be like a railgun shot and it'll leave a trail, a curved trail. It's kind of one of the ideas we're bouncing back and forth right now. Interesting. Very cool. Well, do you guys plan on completely changing the the way the mod feels, as in changing all the weapons and uh, models and sounds and uh, adding your own maps and essentially converting it or just changing it so that it's not Half-Life 2 Deathmatch? We'd, we'd like to eventually get off Half-Life 2 Deathmatch altogether, but my, my main goal is to keep the Half-Life 2 feel of the universe, try to slip into the universe, because the, the, the mod is based around the HEV suit, right? The next iteration of it, the Mark VI suit, which would allow you to add modules. So I, I kind of want to have the Half-Life feel to it, but I'm not opposed to adding weapons mm-hmm. at all, as long as they have that Half-Life feel, right? Right. Okay, so I have a question. Um... Tell us about your uh, development cycle. Uh, who's all on your team? Who works on what? How many people are involved? That sort of thing. All right. Well, when we started development, it was Winston and I, 
And we basically we put in the experience system. It was the very first thing because Winston actually had a tutorial on on the um, mod. How, how do you say the Valve developer community mm -hmm. wiki? Mm -hmm. He had an experience tutorial. And I was like, you know, I want to try to make this game. So I I jumped in the coding cycle and tried to start learning how to code for Half Life Two. So I approached Winston because he's the creator behind the tutorial, and he's like, you know, you know, I can join you, and we can try to put something together like this. So it started with the experience system between Winston and I, and since then it's just been Winston and I putting this mod together. We basically um, bounce ideas back and forth, and we have we have a ma we have a major uh, milestone plan built into our SV SV our developer area, and then we kind of say, okay, well we want to have maybe 15 modules come out in the next release, this many bug fixes, maybe add this new feature. Now now correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but I don't think, from what I remember, that you guys, well, like when you when you join a server and when you play a map, your XP doesn't carry over to the next map, correct? It does. Oh, it does. Okay. Uh, so tell. That was the second. Sorry. Um, the next the one thing I've always wanted to put into um, an RPG mod for an FPS RPG mod is to um, have persistence between maps. That I find that as character as players continue playing the game and um, continue gaining experience and have persistence between maps, they'll they'll keep coming back because they've built a character. Not only that, I wanted to not not um, not lead them just down one path like always. Oh, yeah, I always have to be the melee fighter. You always have to be the healer or whatever. I just want to say here's all the modules, all the all the abilities that you could do. Mm -hmm. You can choose between any of them you want. Yeah, mix and match. And you can. Yeah, so I mean, you could be a cloaker who spawns minions, or you can shoot energy balls out the front of your suit and heal when someone shoots you. Or uh, spawning minions is one of the biggest things that um, we've put in. And I don't know if you guys managed to activate the players versus monsters mode. I don't think we've tried that out. No, no but that sounds cool. That does sound really cool. That was I find that's, that's the biggest change between Half Life Two Deathmatch and um, our mod. Yeah, I saw I saw a screenshot of, that seemed something like that, and I wanted to try that, but I couldn't figure. Like I didn't even know that that was there. So the other thing we did um with this with this release is that we added an in-game menu for voting between game modes. Oh, good. So you'll be able to vote between um, Deathmatch, Players vs Monsters, and Free for All, which is a combination of both. Yeah, we always talk, we always talk about that on the podcast having your own built-in voting systems. I think that's a really mm. good addition. Mm. That was I my I find my biggest problem. I think the biggest problem from listening to your podcast is that we didn't have enough access enough for the accessibility to the mod and to the new features that we added. So it just really felt like Half Life Two Deathmatch. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It it's it felt like one of those mods where it would be fun if you were playing with the right amount of people in the server with. Um, the developer, so you knew exactly what was going on, but because we were kind of confused by it, we didn't know what to do. Mm. And like we said, so, in in order to get out of that whole deathmatch feel, you have to build up your experience to get to a certain level when you can actually use the modules. You know what I'm saying? But I think with what you were saying earlier, like today with us, um, th these new additions that you're adding will will make the that mod sort of take shape on its own and have its own sort of uniques right out of the right out of the gate. You know what I'm saying? Exactly, and that's that's one of the things I really wanted to um, bring in for you guys. Yeah, especially definitely. especially if someone's going to try to play the mod and they have to downgrade to a version that's eight months old. 
that's that 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 really you know sucks and I, I appreciate that you guys brought that up so we can address the issues right away yep um another question is so so the experience carries over to maps but does it carry over to other servers no we we um had thought of introducing a global character server like much like they have with um art of extension ascension yes but the problem with that is that you always have one or two or three people who play the mod for religiously for eight hours a day, right? Yeah. So they have level 30 to 50 characters and they just ruin the game for everyone. Right. No, I agree with that. I think that's, I think that's sort of a good decision. Not only, to, not only that, but we have um, server variables for every single aspect of each module and each feature of the game. So actual server owners can take it in and say, okay, well, instead of giving two module points for level, I want to give three, but I'm going to raise the, I'm going to lower the experience that you get when you kill people. Interesting. That's, that's a good idea. So every server is a little bit different. You can have different rates for different servers. Exactly. And not only that for different, um, different, um, strengths for each module. So if someone feels that strength or regeneration or recharge, which is the auxiliary power recharge mm -hmm. for the, um, suit. Um, is too strong or too weak, they can change those. And we have that for every single module. Interesting. That's cool. So, Emmanuel, do you have any other questions? No, that was it. I I'm looking forward to trying the new mod, uh, the new version, and I'm actually kind of uh, looking forward to that player versus uh, monster thing you said. Yeah, that's mm. really cool. That's yeah, good. I would like to play that. And uh, we should, next when you release, we'll be sure to be sure to come to the podcast uh, live, and we'll, we'll play it live after the... Uh, after the podcast, we'll have it as one of our played things. Yeah, we'll have you back on the show. Actually, one last question: What do you get? What are you going to do to get um, a community rolling? Have a server up, or um, have scheduled playing, or something like that? Because finding players for the mod and, and, and populating it is always difficult. One of the issues I found when I was first starting the mod is that exactly that we couldn't find a player base. So what I did is I started. Um, Doing a lot of PR for mod for on mod DB on Planet Half Life, and I think I even went even went to Planet Philip, and it got turned away because the mod looked like Rocket Crowbar. <laughs> <laughs> he said that <laughs> something to that effect. <laughs> yes, but um, um, I find I find a lot is um keeping word of mouth. If you have one guy that jumps in and says, you know, I just killed probably fifty thousand zombies or whatever head crabs or ant lions or hunters and players versus monster in this mod and some other guys can be oh, that's really cool so it just kind of spreads really quickly and then if you treat your players well they'll keep coming back yep. especially if they have persistence characters and modules and abilities in certain servers for sure well yeah, we have, have two official servers up now actually Good. That's what we didn't we we didn't have that last time. Remember, William? Yeah, I, I, we Wasn't, had to we had to host our own server. Yeah. Yeah. We had a bug actually where you couldn't see our official servers. <laughs> that sucks. But we that that happened in a recent Steam update, and we had our my, my programmer Winston. He had a quite a time trying to figure that one out. So we got it sorted out, and it should be up today. We have, there'll be the uh, Freeman server and the Alex server, Alex Arena, I think. Good. The two uh, servers they, going. Are up. they the two different game types? Oh uh, no! You can vote between all the different game types within within the game. So if you want to oh. do a little bit of PVM, then you can switch. You can vote it over that or FFA or PVP. Well, what a lot of people don't realize is that Half Life Two Deathmatch, as we speak, has a lot of people playing it. People oh, still sure. play that. I find mm. myself firing it up and playing it just because I enjoyed Half Life Two Deathmatch. So 
if there's some way you could pull them over, especially if you look at um, the main Half-Life 2 deathmatch communities, their servers are heavily modded, be it with uh, voting systems or custom maps or new weapons or something they add. It's There's oh, definitely absolutely. a market for it. Yep, I think so too. All right, Matt. Thanks so much for coming on and, and speaking with us. We look forward to playing the released version of your mod, and hopefully we'll we'll be a little bit more warmer to it. And I'm looking forward to the new gameplay modes. Um, what do you? Well, what can the listeners who want to find out more about the mod do to do just that? Uh, you can actually visit our ModDB page at moddb.com/mod/modular-combat, and um, we're actually going to be making more use of this. Um, these, these particular features of the website with the blogs and the um, tutorials and downloads and vid- all, all the different features that ModDB has, we're going to be making more use of in the coming weeks. So you'll be able to find a lot more stuff out about that and how to play the game. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Thanks th- so much. And thanks for coming on last minute, too. I mean, God. Yeah. Being a dedicated listener. Thanks for saving William's useless ass. Hey. <laughs> I didn't see the email. I'm sorry. But anyway, okay, we got listener audio questions because we're getting in on our, uh, we're probably almost like our hour and a half mark already. Are we, uh, are we carrying on with Matt or are we kicking him out? No, he can stay around. I'm sure okay. he'll have Matt, something. Matt, you stay. You, you're around. in. <laughs> you're in. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right, our first, first listener audio question comes from Stratafarius, and we will play that right now. What's up, dudes? This is Stratafarius here. And this is my listener question. You like that, don't you? So, um, um, today's listening qu- listener question is: um, Why does the mod community keep repeating itself over and over again? Because every day we go on ModDB and we see mods about World War Two. Everyone loves World War Two. And we see mods about zombies and all stuff, and not not saying about the zombie mods, some are good, but it's just repeating itself over and over again. No new ideas, um, nothing that's different from the normal. And why is that happening? Um, this also remembers me of the uh, first question of... The podcast if you guys go to the first transmission there was a question from Emmanuel I think is the mod community dying I kind of like it yeah, I just made this question because I like the question yeah and uh, another question this is more podcast 17 related it's why will you guys never play sound effects the listener audio questions the music in the live stream does modulus not allow it um Damn, Magalus, it's horrible. And just warning that I might not be on that live stream. Sad face. But I love you guys. <laughs> and, but I love more Emmanuel. So, what Serratifarius was basically asking is uh, why does the mod community keep repeating itself over and over again? Because every day we go over to ModDB and see mods. About World War Two, everybody loves World War Two, but uh, we also see a lot of mods about zombies. Um, where's all the creativity? Why is it happening? And that's sort of his first bit of questions. I just think the mod community has to be a little bit more creative. I think it's easy to create something that uh, 
it's easy to create something that was already done before, that has a tr tried and true sort of concept. The same thing happens with AAA titles. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I think people do it just because humans have a collective hive mind. So whatever one person thinks is a good idea, everyone else thinks is a good idea. So we're all just ants. That's my theory. Mm -hmm. Matthew? I mean, you're doing something pretty unique with modular combat. I mean, it's not a zombie mod. Or, uh, or two mod. Well, my, my opinion is that I think no one else believes that anyone else is doing it right. So you take a mod like um, Ham and Jam or Operation Conflict or no, no war mod thinks that any other war mod is doing it right in that's, some cases. That's another really good point. Or somebody wants to add an own, their own little twist or own thing, you know, thing that they think will do it better. So. As for the combat, I just, I just didn't want to do. I wanted to take all the cool stuff that I found in all these different mods, and put it all together. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay. Well, well, I, I was actually just kind of kidding. I think the reason is because people tend to um, follow the, not the norm, but they kind of get into. Um, they see something done right, and then then they think, "Well, we can do that better." Like zombie, like the zombie mod team, they <laughs> they they weren't copying everyone else because they they just thought it was a good idea. They just think that they can do it better. Right. I think so. I, I mean, Hollywood Hollywood does it too. Remember the whole Armageddon movie, and because you know asteroids were really big, and then you know what's what's really big right now. I don't know, but like, they do that all the time. Look at look at look at medium. look at just in the past few years. Like when uh, the Dark Knight came out, now we have all these oh, dark, yeah. kind of grimy movies. And uh, ever since Sin City, then Watchmen came out, and it's just you know whatever works works. So people follow that recipe. Yeah, the idea is people are introducing a mass audience to a new thing is really really hard to do. But introducing a mass audience to something that they're already used to, say you know like a zombie first-person shooter is a little bit easier to do and you can get a lot more attention doing that it's sort of a media marketing technique that a lot of people use and it's and you know maybe mod communities don't know they're doing it but they are they're, they're following a tried and tested true way of doing marketing um, they're just sort of used to how society works with no creativity and just going with the norm then it's Second part of the question was, why do you guys never play sound effects, listener audio questions, the music, etc. in the live stream? Does Mogulus not allow it? So this is sort of addressing all our live stream. Um, it's because we, we edit that post-podcast. Post yeah. You put that in afterwards, so it sounds better. It's really hard to do because Mogulus is sort of a live thing. It's hard to put little segments in there. Um, it's easy to do, you know, sort of Skype calls and things like that. But cutting things in later is a lot more difficult. So, um, that's why we do it. Sorry, live listeners. And that's also why we summarize the questions after the questions are read. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Penis also had a question, another listener audio question. If you had to make a mod about the cat, what would it be like? The cat? What's or the cat. cat? Or a cat. Well, is he talking about William's cat? I mean, uh, Thomas's cat or just cats in general? I think he's talking about just cats in general. Huh. Or Thomas's cat. Maybe he's referring. I think he's referring to Thomas's cat. You know there is a cat mod for Half Life. What? I'm gonna look it up. You guys what? talk about you know what you would do with a cat mod, but I'm gonna look it up. I I would I would make cat a life. mod called, called Cat, cat life. life. That was yep. quick. It's on mod DB. <laughs> you play as a cat. 
What? I'm not kidding you. There's no way. Yeah, there's a vid there's videos. It's like really small. You're like sort of rat's mappy. No. Yeah, and it has really cool music. Check out this music. Cat life. Isn't that cool music? Uh, it. Let me read the let me read the uh, the synopsis. Black Mesa, New Mexico. With regular system crashes and overdriven equipment, a disaster must be inevit inevitable. Deep within the tunnels of the carved corridors at the top search, top research complex within Black Mesa itself, the cat a list was introduced. <laughs> Is it? Am I looking at the right one? Yep, you are. There's no way. Yeah. There's a spelling error. <laughs> you play as a cat going through Black Mesa. Apparently it's 69% done. So And their last hey, their last news post was May 1st, 2009. So they're still alive, I guess. That would be considered live. This is this is terrifying. And people are actually commenting on the mod like, "Great work, guys. Keep it up." Like they're actually serious. <laughs> So there you go. It just looks you like know, pictures of Black Mesa. Yeah. You know you know what Rule 34 is, right? Yes. There must be a Rule 34 for mods. Like, if, if you can think of it, there's a mod for it. <laughs> I'm sure it's true. I'm sure it's true. That is, that is terrifying. So you can't actually play and download it right now. No, no, no. It's in development. Like I said, Rule 69%. So, I guess that's your answer, penis. That's how I would make a cat mode. <laughs> cat life. Yeah, that's... This is the annex of uh, human technology is making mods about cats. Yep. Okay. That was, uh, that was good. <laughs> so, our next listener audio question. We're actually going to call people now. It's a new thing we're going to start doing. Um, so, people in Mogulus, if you have a phone number. So, the first one is... I don't remember his name. Sorry, but we're going to call you up anyway, and we're going to be like, this is Podcast 17. Who's that? So, right, is your refrigerator running? Steven, Steven, we're calling SVBG. Uh, I'm Steven. glad. I'm, I hope this turns out well, because Spring I don't know how. I'm actually doing this. Hello? Hi, Steven there? Yeah, it's me. Oh, hi, Steven. You're on Podcast 17. No, so I'm here. <laughs> are you are just a question, are you English or are you yeah, Spanish? There's something I am beeping. English. There's something beeping on your phone, Steven. Yeah, it's my phone. Oh. My phone is beeping. It, it, it doesn't it, it must have a problem with Skype calls or, or just assholes over the internet because it seems to be rejecting us. So Steven, what's what's your uh, audio, uh what's your question? Uh my question? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna ask you, why do you guys always have the live stream on Sundays? The live streams are we actually record on Sunday. Saturday is um, Saturday. Yeah, I know. We, we okay. have I never. There, oh. There's actually a very intricate process to this, and William doesn't let anyone know because he's quite fond of it. But <laughs> he's actually got a huge mathematical equa equation that he's done in his head, and we he worked it out as as much as possible. And he asked us, the the people on the podcast, listen, what is the most inopportune time to do the podcast? When is it worse for you? <laughs> And he put that, that information into his equation, and he got 10 a.m. on Sunday. So that's why we do it on Sunday. And I have not – yeah, 10 a.m. And we have not been able to, to get him to not do it on that time. So that's why. All right. Because I can never make it on Sundays. Yeah. And 
It, it, you know, it does suck, William. It'd be nice if we could move it. Okay, here's the here's the lowdown. It'd be nice if we can move it to Saturday, but I like Thomas to be on the show, and he can only make it on Sunday. And also, I... the reason it's at 10 a.m. is because 10 a.m. is the perfect time to get international guests. So if you have people from Europe, they can come in at 10 a.m., and we're not interrupting their dinner. If we have people in the States, 10 a.m. is still a pretty good time. It's not asking too much. But... We should be doing it. Like at on Monday at eight o'clock p.m. or or Saturday or not Saturday but like Sunday at eight o'clock p.m. because it make more sense to do it in the evening. But that's just me. You know what, Stephen? You bring up a good point. Maybe we'll have a poll and we'll see what time is best for everybody because now it's about the listeners. Before it was just there you about, go. Before it was just about recording the content, uh, recording the podcast. So so let me let me turn the table here and let me ask you a question, Stephen. Already then. What, what what's it like having such an awesome name? It's great. Yeah, I, I think, think so too. Be great. Yeah, definitely. And and where do you live, Stephen? Uh, Canada, Ontario. Jesus. He lives. Is... He's in the same area code. I live in Ontario too. I live yeah. half an hour away. What from the hell? <laughs> we, we need it. This is why this. I'm just. I just don't like it. We we have too many Brits and Canucks on this show. We need to make this show <laughs> back to the back to the former. It's okay, though, I don't like sports. Yeah, I don't. You don't I don't like you don't that. like what? Sports. Neither do Sport. I. Sports? Yeah. That's yeah. What does sports, sports have to do with Canada? Well, Canada's real big in hockey. Yeah, but you guys aren't as good as Americans. So what does it matter? Yes, we are. We're better. <laughs> I see <laughs> Tampa Bay Lightning. Does that ring a bell? 2004 Stanley Cup? Does that? Do you? No, I don't remember actually because I don't care. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I I seem to recall that our team. From which my new is a state in which it never snows ever. Seemed to beat the Canucks at their own game. So I just yeah, bring good for that. is that just once or did that no, happen? You once? know, we could only we only had enough money to get uh, ice down here for one year. So that's yeah, <laughs> all we could afford. But <laughs> okay, thank you, Stephen, for uh, bye, bye, Stephen. For, Thanks for so much. The podcast. It's been a pleasure. And thank you for listening, Stephen. Yep. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's what you say goodbye. He doesn't want to. Oh, okay. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> okay. Next is is do we have another? Yeah, we, we, have, another? we have another one. This is okay. uh, Floust. Floust. Is it Hanket? Oh my! Where do you get these people? Three. Uh, Floust. What kind of name is Floust? He's probably a, a stalker or a serial killer. Okay. Here we go. He actually emailed us at feedback at podcast17.com. Oh man, this is gonna be great. My Skype dollar is going to work. There you go. If you have hot Android, then you can wait for it. Thank you. Hi, Hi Flo. Hello. Uh, oh wait, this is the wrong number. Oh, crap. <laughs> well, are you serious? So they just got a message of. Wow. Hello. That that's what they're gonna hear, and they're gonna call back. Okay, hold on a sec. I, I the the last number I typed in was wrong. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, but someone who lives in a trailer park does not sound like someone who would have the name Flaus. Just a guess, but you know, I could be wrong. Okay, here Good we go. job. This is the right number. Okay, that's well done.
Ice Floster? Uh, well, you pronounced it wrong, Floss. Oh. Uh, yes, yes, I am here. <laughs> Floss, are you, are you German or Austrian? I am American. Your name's Floss. I, I'm Penis in chat. I just, oh! That's my name. oh! His real yeah. name comes alive. Wait, you're, you're, my, my, my sources indicate you're using the Left 4 Dead authoring tools beta. How's that going? Uh, I, I fell through my map. Oh, is it, what is it like? Does it let you choose from the different game types or does it only let you use campaign or can you make survival? Uh, let me see. But the list, like I have, it gives me a new SDK menu. Uh, I have hammer roll editor, model or face poser. And I have a tools mode. I'm not sure what that is. It's got a guy. Sweet. So you're you're actually going to release a campaign? We we have something to look forward to. Uh, possibly. I really don't have the uh, the drive. I suppose. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it, it's a tough life developing maps and mods. You know, it just takes a lot of work, and no one wants to do that. Yeah. All right. So let's ask the question, uh, sir. Do you have a question? When, when will I be able to see your chest again? <laughs> For those people who don't know, the pre-show, my girlfriend almost took off my show, shirt. So. I, I did not have my finger on the print screen button. Oh. Wait, wait. Who took a... You took off Stephanie's shirt? No, Stephanie almost took off my shirt. Damn. So, let me get this straight. You had an, You really did have an entire pre-game. Yeah, we did. It was about two hours long. Why didn't I know? Because you were sleeping. You never told me. Well, you missed out. <laughs> Must have anyway, been because of how bad I am at doing this show. You are. You're so bad. At, we need to... Listen, if you're looking for a job as a show host of Podcast 17, send an email to email3b at gmail.com. <laughs> We're looking for new applicants and we're always willing. So so is, so is that... What, what, that's the question? That's it? Uh, I forgot I was going to ask. I just said that. But, oh, crap, I forgot I was going to ask again. Oh. That's okay. Never mind. Go no. Go ahead. Ask. We're, we're, he doesn't we, know what he's gonna ask. He forgot. Get. Do you need clues? Well, we can give you clues. Did it have to do with Half Life Two, Left 4 Dead, Counter Strike? Mm, Did it have to do? To do with the cat. Oh, that's true. You really like <laughs> another, the cat. Was another it about cat, cat life? question. Well, he's the one who sent in the cat life question. Wait, really? Oh, no, it had nothing to do with cat life. I had no idea about cat life. <laughs> See, this is just a collective idea. Everyone wants cats. Podcast 17. I, I, I move that we rename it to Podcast 17. I still think that's a good idea. Let me get out my handy-dandy notebook. Oh, he writes his questions down. Damn. I'm surprised they even make notebooks anymore. I don't know how to use those things. Notebook? <laughs> yeah. I got one. Yeah, I got one, but I didn't know what to do with it. Apparently, you need some stick or something to make it work. S stupid idea. No. That's okay. How about we just call you back next week? Yeah, yeah we'll but, just call you back yeah. when you think of it next week. That's all. I'm sure in, within the week span, you'll, you'll come up with something. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. All oh. right. Bye. Um, thank you. Thank you for uh, giving us your number. Yeah, thank you for letting us call you. Call me. And we'll talk to you next week, penis. When you, when you think of the question. Alright. Okay, bye. 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 <laughs> God. You know, let's just call random numbers because it's more entertaining and 
they probably don't have questions either, so it's it's even. <laughs> no, I think that's good. Just as a reminder for all you guys um, listening after Saturday to tune in every week um, to the Mogulus uh, because... Yeah, well, the Mogulus, the Mogulus is a good interface for the uh, listeners to, to, you know, interact with the podcast and... And uh, it, 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 I, Mogulus is going places. It, it's it's very user friendly. You know, just like Windows Seven. Windows yeah, Seven is user like friendly too. I, I find it very easy to use. I like. You know, my favorite feature is how when you when you mouse over the icon in the taskbar, it actually lets you get the GPU what's going on, and it'll actually phase out all of the little windows you have so that way you can pick out each individual one. It's so it's so, 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 so.